we'll take a look at some sets. And jokes and stuff, we'll take a look at some sets. Yeah! And then we will discuss and talk and things on the joy of sets. Okay. Welcome to the Joy of Sets podcast, the podcast where I, Carl Kazana, talk to comedians about their old sets, notes and bygone material. On today's episode, I talked to the brilliant Patrick Hoare. Pat is a comic who I've gigged with a lot around Brighton, so I've been lucky enough to see his set a few times. And he's a fantastic writer of really concise, very well put together jokes. So I've been very excited to get him on the podcast for a while. In this episode, we discuss his early material, but also how that's changed over the years and how he sees himself progressing as a comedian. We also talk about the fact that Patrick is hard of hearing and has required the use of hearing aids since birth, which I think brought up some really interesting stuff about how that's changed his comedy, how it changes the way that he performs. I think we got into some really interesting stuff there. Um, I should, at this point, unfortunately, offer a full and frank public apology. About halfway through the episode, Patrick mentions his Tesco's club card and said that he's gaining nectar points on his Tesco's club card. Now, we all know that nectar points is a scheme run by Sainsbury's. I didn't pick it up at the time. Uh, For that, I am truly sorry. And we at The Joy of Sets would just like to issue a full and frank apology. And we'd like you, the listener, to be rest assured in the knowledge that obviously, henceforth, Patrick will be banned from the podcast. uh, And we would encourage that he gives a full and frank apology himself on uh, social media or by letter to each of you individually. So we'll get that sorted for you. And so without further ado, I give to you Patrick Hoare. Patrick Timjamin Hoare, as I live and breathe, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers. I forgot I had that middle name. Yeah, well, that's my uh, that's my version of an intro to just make up somebody's <laughs> middle name uh, so that I can awkwardly get past welcoming people to, to the show. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. So if somebody just reminded me that my dad hasn't no middle name, so I think you'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Maybe you should have you, me on next. You, you, sorry, your dad doesn't have a middle name or... Yeah, that's right. He, he got he got bored. He was unexpected twins. And my parent, my mum was like, oh, I can't bother the middle name anymore. So like, <laughs> I always feel a bit sad about that. But yeah, but thanks for that. Cheers. Did your dad's twin brother get a middle name and no, he did No, it would have been hilarious if he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, didn't, he gave up with that. So yeah. I'm sorry, that reminds me a little bit like I've got a friend uh, called Lee who changed his name to Lee. Lee, to Lee. I'm not joking, that's <laughs> yeah. not a joke because it's literally just the spelling. He got sick of the that spelling, which wasn't L E E. Yeah, anyway, so but I, I, for some reason, I find it hilarious. I've got a friend called Lee who changed his name to Lee from Lee to Lee. But anyway, it's like uh, Stan Lee shortening his name from Stanley to Stan and still being called Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Well, you know, the, the guy oh, who yeah, invented Marvel and stuff. I've always thought that it's like Stanley Lee. I guess that would be annoying, but you're still like, I just imagine that he hates the name Stanley. So he's like, call me Stan Lee, call me Stanley. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so uh, thanks very much for coming along. Cool. So the first question is what kind of material or style of material did you do when you first started out? And has that changed over the years? Uh, yeah, I was thinking a bit about this. Like. I think I was definitely being a lot more self-deprecating, which I like. I kind of like that sort of maybe like, I don't know, sort of Dylan Moran type thing where it's all about kind of like uh, him just taking a piss out of himself a lot. But I think I think I realised it was a lot of it's about kind of about 
for me learning about not being too vulnerable and oversharing stuff because when i was doing hearing aid stuff at the beginning i think i remember doing some stuff and people generally generally coming away from it being like are you okay kind of thing as if i, <laughs> I said some really you know, uh, uh, i know i was just trying to share my experience of it really but i think it came across too yeah like depressing <laughs> so i guess i think I've, I've tried to be and yeah i guess with the the sort of hearing it stuff as well like i think it's like an interesting uh, it's, a, it's a useful angle to have in a, a kind of insight into that kind of thing but i'm trying to do too much of it i want to i want to explore it but i don't want to be over dominating too much when i do a, a set or whatever so yeah i think if i can't try and keep it to a certain percentage then i'm, I'm fine but i do want to keep exploring it a little bit but i don't want you just be i think even the promoter said to me like you've got a nice amount of hearing aid stuff there and it's good you don't just talk about that i think it would just be too much so I, yeah. and but i do find it because I, I do write in single jokes so for me it's just about just pumping out the material so i can finally get a theme that comes eventually i'm just terrible at kind of being able to mine an idea to make it you know to bring it out and flesh it out i just have to can wait until i get another one which is seven and then connect it together really yeah. we so i think i should probably uh, just mention as well for well i think this will be in the intro in any case but yeah for listeners who don't know so you uh uh we spoke about this before what's the <laughs> correct term i really don't want to mess it up because you're not deaf are you but apparently hearing impaired is not a great way of saying it so hard of hearing, hard of hearing. we landed like on yeah 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 that's fine all good yeah um but i think it's a really good thing as well to have because i think it's a bit like when there's a comedian who's really tall like if they come out and people go oh they're tall and they don't do a joke about it it's sort of like are they gonna do it? and obviously being uh hard of hearing is not gonna physically people aren't gonna be able to notice that from you but does it change the way that you perform a little bit because i can imagine having not had that experience it must be like a bit of a learned experience to performing whether you'd want people to know or to notice it or not i suppose yeah kind of i mean I, i've seen like one or two other people who talk about hearing and stuff and they had, they had they, i remember a guy on the mock the week i can't remember who it was but he actually showed his hearing aid as well to get people to be on side because i think also my with the the evolution of the hearing aid uh carl has <laughs> changed <laughs> over the years a little bit and it used to be a lot more obvious used to be like a a mold and a thicker tube and that sort of stuff and you could like obviously tell it from a distance and now they're much more sort of subtle but i think i think after maybe one or two jokes it's clear that i'm not like trying to rip the piss about people who've got hearing aids and i generally do have that it's, it's maybe clear that i am being genuine so there was a little bit of fear i think certainly initially that would people think i was just being mean or is it actually true about myself so i kind of i luckily think because i've got enough there they go okay no he clearly has some experience he must be must be true a little bit but um, as you said about the the name stuff as well about what to call it i'm i i do get the sense of like feeling uh like i'm not representing myself well if i say deaf because uh, like we were saying before like it's a bit like saying someone who's got glasses is blind and i feel like i'm I worry that people are like, hang on, you can hear okay, you can still hear, you're not deaf. And then I'm, and then one person, even some audience members, actually signed uh, applause, which I think is like, is more, it's like, is it hand waving or something like this? Which is like, to be, yeah. and, and, and people have tried to come up with, with sign language, and I feel really bad. I don't want to misrepresent myself, and I feel really awkward sometimes. I really appreciate the, you know, them uh, kind of making that bridge an effort, but I can't, yeah. I, I don't speak sign language. So, yeah, I do that... quite like that idea that you're like, I'm sorry, I've no idea what you're saying. <laughs> no, so, I mean, it means so nice that they're doing that. And like, I really respect them, especially the taking time to learn that and, and use it. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I just, and I, I felt, I just feel a bit awkward and embarrassed about that. So, I don't want to miss, I want to be genuine about the position, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Yeah. 
it's maybe a bit like that thing of um you know when you go to France and you like try in your sort of broken French to order and then they just speak to you in English. Yeah, it's like, exactly, like yeah. those people are like You're in their broken English. time. Yeah, just, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, but what you said about the tour thing, actually, because like, you know, when it's obvious there's like a, a, something unusual, different or uh, sticks out about a person and they're not going to reference yeah. it. I do worry I have that a little bit, but not about my hearing, but my name, because I'm Patrick Hall and Hall is a, you know, a ridiculous name to have. And like, it's just like, and when people say, oh, Patrick Hall, I like when, when I come on and they go, so what was that second name? And I don't mention it at all because i haven't been able to write a joke which kind of works or or it doesn't seem unkind that i'm using that word badly and it, and i think it's this, i i wonder if people think is he going to mention the whole thing he's not, <laughs> you know, so but then, then, then maybe the hearing aids is distraction from that yeah i i think because we've spoken about that before at other gigs i say other gigs like yeah. <laughs> welcome to the stage <laughs> <laughs> but at gigs in the past we've spoken about that because it does i know what you mean it does feel like the kind of thing where you'd be surprised that somebody hasn't written a joke about that but I think it's to your credit because there's so many like route one jokes that you could make about that which basically are just going to come off as offensive yeah and actually and it's your name and your experience so it's it's whatever you want to talk about but it, it almost just kind of feels like by not doing it you're kind of saying more it's like like look guys we all know I could just like, yeah maybe, maybe it's too obvious you're kind of saying like that and i'm playing into that kind of just like just talking about like offensive or rude stuff a bit yeah and, and that's kind of a little i just don't want to do that a little bit but i don't mind i don't mind it I, maybe i should just yeah it's hard for me to talk about without saying it as well i guess i think we took spoke, spoke about a while ago i remember thinking how bill wang did the best version of that kind of thing that i wish i'd thought of where he goes like yeah. uh what do you say he goes um um phil wang phil by um oh how does he phrase it phil by first name uh, Phil by first name, Wang by second name, Phil Wang, or something like that. Yeah, yeah how he phrased it, but it, it's brilliant. I thought that's that's the that's what I wish I thought of. I guess. Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, where you're leading the audience to think one thing. So like, Wang by nature, I guess, is what that's... the audience are assuming is going to come. Yeah. And then subverting it by saying, no, it's, it's my second yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, it's just a great name, Phil Wang. Yeah, but Patrick Hall was just like, oh. <laughs> I, I feel like there is a way of doing it though, as well. Like, I think it would lie in that personal experience of because maybe it's even like a longer bit not just like a sort of here's a quick joke about my name at the start but maybe mm. like a situation or a time where it's landed you in it that that's your surname or you know just an experience yeah. where you're like but then I wonder if that is like you were saying too self-deprecating and yeah exactly I know it's a good point I think like the closest thing I can think about that as well is that I've, I've got I just always spell it because I know they're going to like, I think of Patrick or H-O-R-E, even before they ask, because I think yeah. like, they go like, sorry, sorry, what name was that? And like, and I, I just want to get out of the way. That is the name. Definitely, I, I promise you, I'm not taking a piss. And, and like, occasionally, maybe I've actually made, maybe there is two occasions I can think of, which I have tried, where I can sense that the other person on the other, on the other side of the, the call senses that maybe i'm taking the piss and it's a fake name and i have to sort of reassure yeah. you know that is the case please give me a bank account or something like that you know? yeah, yeah. and then and then the other one as well i think like i thought that i when i had my tesco and uh sainsbury loyalty cards right I, I typed in my name and it wouldn't accept it and i think it's because i thought it's because they thought hall was just like you know a banned word from you know they're trying to filter out problem names or something but i think it was yeah. just too short and i had so i had to i put another e at the end just to guess i'm patrick hoary or just, it was just so my, <laughs> yeah i've got a nectar car with this and i worry that also one day maybe this is what i could talk about is that when i try and cash in my valuable nectar points they'll be like hang on you're not patrick hoary i'm like no please it's, it's me <laughs> it's yeah it's such a 
I think those are the things, though, isn't it, where it's affected your life in an unexpected way. Yeah. Because I think the audience would all kind of sit there thinking, I kind of know where this joke is going to go if, like, that's the setup, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I definitely think there's, some like, a way of doing it. and But it's, it's also, like, if you want to, because, like like you were saying before, if you work kind of more exclusively on tighter written gags and then getting lots of those together, mm-hmm. I feel like that to do that joke would kind of rely more on like a bit of a story like you told it to me just then I think would work perfect yeah but it's more of like here's an anecdote rather than like here's a tightly written joke about yeah maybe maybe, but maybe I could try and like joke it up a bit or something and take it yeah but yeah no it's worth thinking about yeah yeah absolutely um so I was gonna just quickly say as well so you were saying that you were a bit worried about uh being too self-deprecating which um I can relate to <clears throat> like I think when I started I was definitely like I'm the worst <laughs> <laughs> I do think uh, sometimes you have to sort of step back from your set and look at it and go why am I giving the audience a reason not to believe in me because mm. I think it's like maybe a thing born out of nerves when you first start because you've got this massive thing to figure out like persona voice style like how to write a joke all this stuff and because it's quite a high status thing to do to go on stage and do stand up. I think a lot of people just naturally gravitate to self-deprecating to kind of be like, I know I'm doing this high status thing, but I'm a low status individual. Like, I mean, that's how I kind of rationalized it. Do you think that's changed since you started out? And maybe now you might look at it more as like, that's a self-deprecating angle, but I could also look at it like this and it's more celebratory. Or... Yeah, that's a good point. I think like, I think I definitely have nerves and just trying to remember my set coming across as much more like, okay, it's a bit too much. You're laying on the self-deprecation too much because you're clearly like maybe uncomfortable about it. And I, and I think maybe with some time and experience, it has enabled me to be a bit more okay and be, deliver those things with like, okay, he's, he's, he's fine. He can be yeah. a bit self-deprecating kind of thing. I think the thing is like, I guess there's two things. Like, one of it is that like, I know that because the joke, a single gag writing kind of approach and that being too self-deprecating, like the hearing stuff, it can be quite cold, my set. Like it's not much warmth and personality behind some of the stuff because it's a bit like- Put that on a poster. Just... <laughs> 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 so, slogan, that's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think like, um, yeah, I think I, I, I'm trying to kind of be more like, okay, what do I try and do, do jokes that aren't just like, um, yeah, on that, do more jokes out of things that I, I like and want to celebrate or invent a little bit. And I think, I think also, I mean, uh, you know, I was just listening to too much Stuart Lee, you know, that kind of dry kind of like delivery and not to, I mean, not to, I will sort of not bang out on about Stuart Lee one day, but like, yeah, anyway, I was, <laughs> I was just watching him, you know, I remember a lot when I was starting out and thinking, I was just, I was just, I, I was kind of, I think writing more for his voice a little bit. And I, I thought it was really funny how dry it was, but I realized I don't want to do that. And I think like, yeah, I want to introduce a bit more warmth and stuff. I think what you said about like you as well, like that kind of um, that how you deliver that kind of persona. I think I think you and you you're a really good example about someone who does. I like Steve Barry as well, who does like really good kind of like the way it's like a a blissful ignorance. I got kind of really <laughs> confident, you know, in like when you when you deliver those things, it's really kind of like warm and like uh, I think Steve Barry, like, he I'm, I'm seeing I, I really love his persona and how he delivers stuff and like um and like he he's kind of like he's so happy with how like he doesn't what he doesn't know in a way and i think you're about that as well you're kind of really comfortable in that like kind of james yeah. acaster kind of comfort in that ignorance i think and i think like yeah i think it's kind of um although and i think i've tried to do a little bit of that but i like being sort of angry with myself a little bit and kind of like annoyed yeah i i think it's an interesting thing to 
bring up also i should say steve barry is a brighton comedian yeah yeah right yeah so i've not i've not seen him gig an awful lot but um like i've met him a couple of times uh like but yeah i'll definitely have to try and get him on this um so i always like to as well have people on who i know a bit about their set in yeah. any case just to kind of so we can talk about different bit or i have an idea when they you know you sort of bring up like a bit or whatever um so yeah uh i, I think i because i think he started just as i left brighton so i think i saw him a couple of times but quite yeah early on. yeah yeah um and i think it is i do like that thing of like i think blissful ignorance is a good way of putting it because sometimes i look at my stuff and i think i'm not as stupid as i make out <laughs> on stage. is that your poster tag like <laughs> yeah, yeah. five stars um, but i think sometimes for me i do think it's kind of funnier to go on stage and deliberately misinterpret some information or have this thing of like oh i'm a bit of a, an idiot but also understand the other side of it i think like to play the fool you have to fully understand the thing you're pretending not to get mm. um and it is again i get i guess kind of self-deprecating to be like I'm I'm a bit of an idiot, but I'm happy about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it does sort of endear you to the audience a bit. Because when I first started, I was like terrible, obviously. <laughs> I think everyone is when they first start. But people would come up to me after a gig and they'd go, oh, well done, Carl. You're really likable. <laughs> like, <laughs> as if like a substitute for funny. Those jokes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, just... Just as, yeah, I can imagine, go for a pint with you. I didn't laugh, but I think you're a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it, I, I think when I was talking to Joe, we were talking about how actually that's kind of a luxury once you've done it for a while that you can, like when you begin, you're just kind of scrabbling to like figure it out and how to do it. And then actually once you get a bit of a handle on that, you can go, well, what is my like persona? What's my voice? Like mm. you can actually kind of dial in on it a bit. And add those things that are maybe going to elevate it and that you really like doing as well um, yeah I, it's, it, I think it's another thing i was going to mention as well i think the other reason as well is i i want to move towards kind of being a bit more surreal and stuff i really like that kind of like a lot of the local brian comics who i think we were so kind of like lucky to have as like inspiration stuff and, and you know and uh and more top end uh professional comedians as well like I, I just i love that sense of surrealness as well like a kind of bill bailey kind of thing and um yeah and like, and like kind of that harry hill vibe and yeah and yeah and exactly i'd love to do more of that sort of stuff so i kind of i want to have i want to i don't leave the self-deprecating thing as well but i want to do more kind of inventive things like, i think i was we were talking the other day about um I, I, I jokes about reinventing the school system but with virtual reality and like maybe what, what fictional characters you could therefore have as teachers or something like that i think i like that kind of thing a little bit because it's like it's more about the absurdity and the creativity and, and just like and having fun with ideas rather than just being oh he's like another he's that like kind of that beta i also yeah another thing as well something put me off i remember seeing like a, a chortle review where they had talked about oh it's just another kind of beta male kind of thing like, oh that's a shame like you know i don't you know what i mean it's if like it's it, like that's a trend or a cliche and i, I think like it's you you might get more original stuff and be more surreal a little bit rather than just being down on yourself well, and also I would say that to categorize any comedian as one type of thing, like a beta male, like there's so much to unpack in what you would refer to or what they would refer to as a beta male comedian, because likely it's going to be self-deprecating, but there's going to be like so many different tiers to that person's persona. Yeah. Because everyone is different. And I would much rather see somebody who's like a little bit more introspective and like 
happy to be a bit vulnerable rather than someone yeah. who's like no i'm the best i'm, I'm no sorry. you're totally right yeah no, <laughs> i do agree but i think it put me off a little bit as well i also i just it put me off maybe just playing too much into that i think and that's why i don't want to get rid of it completely but i do want to move into that surreal stuff and be it enables you to look at life and take you could be more creative and just think and you take any aspect and sort of like you know put it more cartoon kind of world rather than just focusing on the maybe the the limitations of yourself a bit i mean this that's maybe how i'm looking at it, trying to make material i guess yeah no i, I totally agree because i think the great thing about stand-up is you can talk about anything as long as you can make people laugh with it so yeah. like if you're going into more surreal kind of um like whimsy kind of stuff that's great because you can i, I think sometimes like in some of the stuff i do quite a lot of the time out of laziness the joke is why is he talking about this because <laughs> right. it's a bit yeah, like yeah yeah out of out of left field maybe sometimes um but i love that i love that and that's, i think that's why i kind of like it's weird and that's I, partly a little bit why i like i like writing single jokes right and i, I like trying to create a more flowing set as well but i want to do both ideally and i love how like even the setup to a joke which like you said sounds like why is this person mentioning that like that in itself is like a jarring right turn it's a little bit in a way that it feels like, oh this is it's funny just to change topic and talk about like squirrels or something randomly do you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I really like how that could just come out of nowhere we well, yeah, I, I have done that in the past had a bit about squirrels <laughs> yeah, i think yeah i think right, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah uh, I remember I had for a little time um, a bit about doing my washing and I was really amazed that because I did my like I put all my washing in with a duvet cover and at the end of it all of my washing was inside the duvet cover and I thought that was amazing. <laughs> so, so like the whole bit was me convincing the audience I was like why aren't you on your feet like I didn't put it in that did it on its like that I just couldn't get over it but the bit started with me like apropos of nothing just going I uh, did my washing absolutely nailed it like i just like those <laughs> out of the blue bits of like just so you know i've done my washing like, yeah it's, no, so it's stupid. Good, it, it, it's kind of about your attitude how you feel about that and how, how how impressed you are yourself about that or surprised about the washing the, tr the transition thing isn't it yeah it's usually because like I, that's what i find so interesting about surreal stuff is that it's usually really uh kind of it's not like high concept stuff it's really obvious like m more because say mundane as you said like washing machines and stuff but looked at in a way it's like wow it's it almost it sounds like uh, there must be a fine line between surreal and just boring mundanity do you know what i mean because like how and i find that really interesting how you can take something which is like clearly the most boring thing in the world and then go and it, the way it's the phrasing or as you said that the emotion you celebrating that makes it now that, like the contrast of those two emotions that object and emotion makes it surreal but yeah i just i find it really interesting that i, I totally agree like that for me is like my sort of perfect Kalkazan a bit if it's like a really mundane thing that nobody really cares about but then you start talking about it in a way where people realize oh actually this is relatable and I didn't realize it was yeah um, yeah I have a bit I've brought it back into my set now so I won't like do the bit but it's about uh draining pasta with like a wooden spoon and mm. like it's, it's so weird because every time I do it for the first couple of jokes they're like what what, what was this guy talking about but by the end of it usually people are on board on I did it. Going forward. Yes, we... <laughs> carrying me out of the room as per um i did it one gig and like after every joke this one person in the audience was going yes yes <laughs> that's brilliant like, and i was just so happy because like the rest of the room were like confused like what the... but this one person was like properly going for it and that to me is like way better than like I mean, obviously, it'd be great if the whole room was like, yeah, you're yeah. a genius. But like one person just being like, I totally get what you're saying is like, 
just a really nice feeling i think for a yeah, joke yeah oh i really I, I, I agree as well like and you you get weird the odd the odd different people in a crowd where it's like you know they're really enjoying and connecting what you're talking about it's really their kind of vibe and their sort of stuff and and like other people just like maybe not yeah and, and in a way it's kind of it, oh, i'm not getting too pretentious i suppose it's kind of like accessibility in art and music and stuff about you know typically the bigger it is the more maybe more kind of like maybe accessible but then maybe less niche and, and like specific and i i wonder like it must be really difficult, especially the more eccentric and oddball acts, to really pushing down that way to find their audience. Because it must be like so many people, like what, what is this? I mean, and, and how, yeah. and, and then collecting all those people together, you know, after and at, uh, as a following. But yeah, it's, it's really nice when you see someone really liking it. And other people going, I don't know what what's going on here. So, how do you go about putting a set together for when you do a gig? Um, yeah, I guess like. Uh, so I like writing uh, just single jokes, basically. So I kind of I've got a lot. I've got a Google Document, which uh, which I just write random ideas. It could be just random thoughts or kind of interspecific jokes. And I, I think it's been a really good exercise for me because I think it was really difficult to cut down things originally to be punchy and sharp and short. But and I, I maybe have gone too far down that way. I think I need to perhaps kind of like you know grow it out a bit, be a bit more like loose with it so it connects. And I'm I'm just starting to do that a little bit. It's like cutting and bulking with exercise. I imagine. <laughs> punching, no, no, but anyway, like, I'm, I'm trying to like go okay. And um, yeah, I like I do like writing in short, sharp jokes. Um, and then I'll, I'll kind of like if I've got an idea, I usually put up which I like or something. I put a bullet point next to it, and I'll come back to it later on. Um, and then I'll I'll, 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 I'll maybe I'll, when I've got some time, I'll, I'll go okay, let's explore this idea. And then when I like it, I'll put in a document called testing, right? <laughs> and then when I've got like a, when I've got about say ten or fifteen of them. I then like uh, go through with them with my uh, partner, right? And like, and then I, I do like a mini gig in front of her, right? <laughs> uh, and she's really great. She's really good at giving like good feedback and stuff, and then saying, "No, this doesn't make sense," or like, "You need to, it's not chronologically in order." I mean, I, I, I was literally just doing some stuff today, and uh, really, she's really, and she loves comedy, and she's gives she just good good feedback, and. Um, I think a bit on the side, I think uh, realizing about two years ago um, through her, actually, that I'm dyslexic and it makes, it makes a whole bunch of sense about like stuff uh, in school <laughs> and stuff like that and how the writing process was quite difficult for me. And she's really good with words. It really helps that kind of, oh, I've just explained it really badly. Anyway, so then I get once there and once she, she likes those ones, I then either fix the ones and fix the problems and get those and then take them to like uh, a open mic and then do them all put them into my set or something and then try and figure out where they're going to go without compromising an idea later on or something like that you know yeah um yeah so i, I get I, it is like it's i think it's been useful for me because it's helped me really focus on the writing thing which is something i really did struggle with and i think uh, i i wouldn't even performing necessarily well because i didn't have confidence in the material because i felt like you know, i just I, I need some better material before i can start performing it and and particularly with the lockdown stuff, I've just been focusing a lot more on that side of stuff. And then, yeah. um, but it means that the 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 downside is is that I do probably gig a lot less than I should because I'm actually doing much more pre prep work before I go and actually get, have enough to go and show and do. But I do feel much more confident with it, and I feel like it. Yeah, it, it, then it's like just trying to find it, and then find it into a flowing state, basically. Yeah, I think <clears throat> that makes so much sense because I think the the for me, I think the thing that is behind whether a joke works or fails is definitely how much you back it and how much you rate it but then also like the life cycle of a bit like when you've done something hundreds of times there is mm. a bit of you that goes i don't find this very funny anymore even though it's to the people hearing it for the first time hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i know you mean it's weird because i think i i kind of like if i'm happy with it 
and I know, and I think like in my mind, okay, that's uh, that's solid. I'm. It really takes me. I don't know. I'm always. Well, I'll see how it goes. But like, I feel stronger for it for longer. Do you know what I mean? As long yeah. as if I mean, it's just finding someone who uh, like who hasn't heard it or in local, you know, sets and open mic nights or something like that. Um, so I, I feel like, but that's why I put maybe so much pressure on myself to find these specific bits. I really, I think I'm a bit too picky sometimes about stuff that I like, which unfortunately means I filtered through a lot of stuff, which probably would be maybe a bit looser and be okay. But I think I just, yeah, as you said, I want to feel happy first and feel really confident. And then I can then give it as much as I can in terms of performance. And I think the other reason I kind of do it this way a little bit is because I'm quite bad. I'm I'm I can gabble and not pronounce things very well. I'm actually I'm literally tongue tied and like I have to be kind of quite mindful of how I say and do things. So the idea of just going on to a, a a stage and riffing and stuff slightly terrifies me because like I will just speak too quickly, which I really have to focus not to do too much of, and then yeah. gabble and and mispronounce things. I've got to be very careful with it. So trying to nail down the words first and go, no, I'm literally going to say this like this, and then people, I will be understood. It's like it's like yeah. a key thing for me to feel confident. I I fully relate. So I think I have a similar thing where I think basically I have a very like slight lisp, which for all of my life I was basically like in denial about. I was like, no, no, <laughs> just. I don't have anything like that. And then I, I heard myself. I was like, oh, no, Carl, you've got like a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird when you listen back to yourself. It's obviously hearing your own voice anyway. But I was like, oh, yeah. I was really kind of shocked. I speak about three times more quickly in real life than I think I do. You know, I yeah. think, Jesus Christ. And But I love that phrase. Was it uh, the, uh, what do you call it, undeniable? Undeniable. Oh, undeniable. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you, is that what you said? That's great. <laughs> well, I, I think just because I kind of, I guess I kind of hear my own voices just like how you hear it in your head. Yeah. Um, but then I do think when I go and do a gig, I change my voice very slightly, but like without realizing I'm doing it. So it's it's like a little bit higher and there's a bit more energy behind it than I would normally. Mm. And and that's mainly out of like, because I, I tend to ad lib here and there at gigs. Sometimes I get carried away with it. So I'm trying to like curtail it a bit, but just to kind of prove I'm funny before I do a, a bit and um yeah when i'm like just ad-libbing and or reacting to something that happened in the room uh like this gig on friday somebody uh opened their bottle and it like did like a massive like it was like a cork or something you know like someone does prosecco or something but it's right in the silence before the punchline so it's not like i could just then do the punchline and go oh so i had to like then kind of deal with it um but i think in those moments where i'm kind of uh improvising i feel like my voice takes on that quality to kind of cover the fact that i don't know what i'm gonna say like it's just kind of coming out yeah so you've got like a a kind of uh what do you call it like a freestyle voice or like yeah like freewheeling it kind of voice yeah I guess so. I think part of the intonation is to say, like, i'm expecting this to be the bit where you laugh i guess like (laughs) kind of involuntary but you know, you you say a thing. I feel like I I say things in a more assertive way on stage than I ever would like it just in normal life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's over the years of just doing that and realizing that like emceeing and I mean emceeing. There's more to it than this, but like ad libbing and like improvising is just saying something confidently back to whatever has happened in the room or 
Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. No, never really actually that funny <laughs> it's just a statement yeah it's amazing how yeah. well like that, that, that those things go annoyingly well like if you like <laughs> so i remember like i do like a best man speech for someone and then like and and some of the jokes were going down all right but the funniest thing was when a, a, a child just went like to scream and i just went yes exactly and people are like why is that funny it's not funny <laughs> like it's just like but as you say being in the room in that moment is like uh yeah it's just like because they know that you it's more like out of wits or kind of like speed or something isn't it i think yeah and i think the fact that they know that this isn't what everybody gets every night so it's like they know that that is just for them in that room yeah. and i like i said i do have to be careful with it because if i do it too much and then try and do a joke they're like well this doesn't really involve us <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> this is about you isn't it yeah no, it's oh about... boring <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i do have to sort of hold it back a little bit but i think it's a nice uh skill to have to if you need to because there's some rooms like they are just not going to listen if it's not about them like i've definitely done gigs where i honestly i, I did a gig with you right and i was like <laughs> like i was really like i was i was just too early on i was heckling right? you like boring talk about carl <laughs> he said he's definitely lying <laughs> and yeah, we went there and i'm like and i was and i was i was opening as well which I only knew a minutes before and i was like okay and i was like and i tried to do some stuff about what the bar guy had said before because you got afraid by a wasp which i thought was funny and then i kind of just went into my set and then i don't know they were just like, it was just like jokes after joke and they, they was like yeah we're not into this and and you made the point as well that you kind of made that decision to kind of abandon your set to just kind of chat with them because that's what they wanted really they and they, it wasn't until maybe later on in the evening they were interested in hearing people's sets a bit because they just wanted to be warmed up and talked to and uh, and yeah you made a really good call there and i just died like an idiot and i remember that very clearly <laughs> I, I so i'm struggling to remember what kick that was but it does sound like the sort of thing that i would do um, <laughs> although i do think sometimes Here's that thing as well of like, I think it's more a thing if you're the MC, like, because I've emceed gigs where I've just chatted to people and got carried away and it's good, but you need to do some material so that when the acts come on, they go, oh, okay, this is what we're here mm. to watch. And so sometimes it is like, if you, if I just sort of abandon my material and just chat to the audience, it might go well for my set. But then if the person after me, you know, is sticking to their stuff and this precedent has been set where I oh, would you know we're just mucking around having fun i do maybe sometimes feel guilty if like that happens mm -hmm. um so i i think i am trying to get to this happy middle ground of like a style of delivery where i can improvise a bit but also do material and hopefully the line is blurred a bit but um yeah that's really nice i think I, it reminds me a little bit what you were saying earlier about like uh trying to like how being surreal a bit or or, or kind of um changing up what you're doing a little bit and, and kind of making that flow and be accessible in one bit and, and it made it remind me like uh you know uh, the comedian andrew neil andrew o'neill talking about how he has to he's kind of he's very surreal and kind of strange some of his jokes and stuff but he was like coming in early with something really weird like a song about i don't know dogs or whatever it was and then, and then but they set a standard for that like, okay he's going to be strange and you have to doing it early on rather than introducing the weirdness later i'm like oh how why, why are you being weird now you know, like you like you were saying about before like you can starting off with a strong opener which set, sets that suggestion about you being a bit more you know eccentric and like you know surreal or whatever and then yeah. then going into maybe more more relatable stuff and then coming up later because if you do it like he was saying, Andrew O'Neill was saying, obviously doing that too late is kind of like, well, now you're just you're being strange for no reason. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's such a delicate balance because I think as long as you back the material and you deliver it well, 
and you know the material's funny, it, in theory, it should all be fine. But it's like that thing of like, you come away from a gig, you go, oh, was it too weird too early? Mm. Um, so I've got this opener, which like does work. It sounds rubbish to explain it, but like it, yeah, I've done it a few times and it works. Um, so it's my version of doing like a joke about my name. Uh, so I sort of just say like, oh, I assume you all are familiar with my name from the song. And then I do the Macarena, but instead of saying, hey, Macarena, I say, hey, Carl Kazana. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and like, it takes about a minute and a half. So if they don't like it, it's like, it's quite a, <laughs> it's quite a stretch. That's great. I, I quite like the idea of after it just going like, anyway, so that's my piffy one-liner about my name. <laughs> but then I feel like that does set up the tone. That it's like, it's silly. There's not really a point to it. It's kind yeah. of slightly taking the piss out of a trope of stand-up mm. that the audience may or may not be aware of. Like, you know, my name's Carl, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I quite like it for all of those bits, but it does require quite a bit of like commitment yeah, to the sure. bit. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So what you're saying is I need to find a song for my name, whore, basically. So uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll yeah. just scan through, find, uh, I'll do a rhyming dictionary and see what rhymes with whore. Yeah. I mean, there, there must be. If you, we should all become song and dancemen. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, that's where the money is. <laughs> um, so do you have, uh, so this is something I always ask people because having said all of that, I am really jealous of people that have like a really nice quick line to get them in. And even sometimes like how people say hello, that's like their first laugh. Um, like, do you have a bit at the beginning of your set that gets you in and gets you a laugh quick to yeah, get you into the set? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've, I've been doing it so long now. It's kind of like, oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, maybe I'm getting a bit fatigued by some of my material, but I've just, it's such a long process, you know, anyway. But like, um, yeah, it's kind of like I come in, I say like, oh, hello, I'm Patrick. Um, I've got I've got an extravagant little hobby, right? It's called a fine umbrella, lose an umbrella. This is where I can't afford a nice umbrella. Like, and, and that's kind of a bit surreal and stuff, and and, and self-deprecating actually. I've just realised that's interesting. I see, um, <laughs> and kind of like, and I think it's 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 weird enough to then inform maybe that it's going to be a bit jokey based and like sort of snappy a little bit rather than less kind of conversational. And uh, yeah, and I really like like I'm kind of uh, I think. Uh, yeah a few comedians like maybe like, like laura lex does it really well it's kind of like sort of sunny optimism and a bit dark and edgy at the same time it's kind of like i really love flipping between sort of like sort of a bit sad and depressed and then really sunny and, and like happy about it in, in that one joke i like going really be really big and happy to be there and then just kind of like really sort of sad almost immediately in seconds and then kind of going and then the way i logic it in my mind a bit is then i'm going to talk about a few hobbies i've got and then just a bits and pieces and then go into the hearing aid stuff a little bit so it kind of yeah it's a nice it, i think for me anyway it feels like a nice kind of way to flow into it yeah the i think it's a really good point about the sunny optimism because i think even in a joke you can do that thing of you can be saying something like self-deprecating or you know that's a bit of a down note but in a way that is sunny and up so there's that contrast between like the words you're saying but and the way that you're saying it and i, I think for me contrast is the thing that kind of breeds the comedy like mm. that to me i think is quite important i think laura lex is a good example of that like the um joke she has about putting the heating on before guests come come uh, around um oh, it's yeah. it's in a way it's like quite a it's not a harsh joke or anything it's, it's really a great joke and really well told and she tells it in such a like upbeat way yeah. but the tone of the joke is maybe like 
yeah, you know, less exactly. than positive. I know she's great. I mean, she, I, I love her stuff and like how she, um, and, and she talked about very complex and interesting stuff, but in a very kind of simplified, but in surreal and, and really like joyful way. Like it's, it's like she could announce the world's ending, like the world's ending, like that. Kind of <laughs> thing. I, I love that. Um, cool. So I was, uh, I was going to ask like what kind of material do you like that is different to your own? But I think we kind of covered it a little bit in you saying that you'd quite like, um, well, that you'd like to move more into like surreal stuff. Uh, also, I think because you're kind of more gag focused as well, probably, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but like perhaps someone like Harry Hill is probably like, I imagine quite a inspiration. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting actually, because I think that like, I was always much preferred the kind of flowing sets of say like you know like so bill bailey or dylan morale or something like that which like, and i was never that big into gag writing things so i've become <laughs> i've always hated no no like I, I think I've, it's, it's, I've actually kind of like a much more appreciated and like that kind of style as well but i uh i think the aim was always to try and build it up more towards a flowing thing but in doing that i've kind of I've realized i do like it being sharp and short and a bit jarring in places as well it, it gives it a new kind of flavor and um change but yeah harry hill like uh, and it took me a while to years ago to kind of get into Harry Hill because he was so bizarre. I remember like the first, I think it was like Hooves. I remember watching some a friend bought me that. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant. And like, and I, I, it took me a while to get into that because like first, the first like half or first like ten minutes, it seems almost setting up the callbacks, and you don't know why he's doing it until later. It's kind of a bit like your thing about committing to that that first song and then going, this will pay off, but you just got to buy into it and be patient. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think I definitely like how he. I, I, I was remembering just uh, today, like how he goes, like um, he goes to the audience guy, he goes, uh, name a bird, name a bird, name a bird, and, he, and, and, and they go uh, swan. He goes, it's, swan's already been taken. Just something stupid like that. And, like, and every now and again, he'd go back and be like swan like that, just just so that, stupid. Um, but yeah, but... that was a great impression as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, generally I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh my god, where's Pat? <laughs> <laughs> swallowed by a collar yeah uh, but yeah exactly. um so i think like, so what were you saying before like how he would be expected? yeah i guess like uh, yeah I, I definitely i i really love that kind of style i, I want to mix it with like, i just i don't know I, just, I guess i'm just trying to explore and see how things go but i want to i want to combine them somehow like a flowing yeah. and a, a just short sharp thing um and and maybe like the thing i've realized a little bit with the hearing aid side of it as well is that i can get away with not having i feel like anyway i can get away with more with not having to pretend it's not a dialogue that's it that it's a that it's you know what i mean like you know it's it's um, it's a two-way a disguised two-way conversation it, what, what the benefit is i i think when people realize that i'm i've got hearing aids and and it has happened before maybe when people maybe heckle or say something and i don't respond it's go oh we just can't hear well, i won't bother then so it's kind of like yeah. I, I don't have to acknowledge it because i but and I'm a bit, there's a bit of stress that I feel like I'm not hearing maybe the full, the, what's going on in the room a little bit. And there is a little bit of fear there, but I know it's also a benefit that I don't have to respond because it's kind of like, it's, I'm a bit, I'm immune to having to deal with it, you know, because they, yeah. and then, then it means that I think this, I've, I've got the feeling sometimes that it means that everyone just has to listen because they know I'm not going to stop because I, I can't hear very well. So it gives me this kind of luxury a little bit like that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like as well, like if there was a heckle that was like so, big and everyone in the room was like you know you just had to deal with it mm. because you know one of those ones where it just disrupts the rhythm yeah. and you've got to go like oh, all right and then we'll carry on <clears throat> so i think probably you and i are quite similar that if we turned around and went 
why don't you go fuck yourself and then work back into our material? <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. It's never going to work. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, yeah. I, I, I think, I, I know you say that, though. I think when there has been times when it's been too big not to notice, right? And it has happened, like, uh, this year, actually. I remember someone just saying, oh, I was trying to start a conversation after I mentioned something. I had the luxury, I literally said, like, I'm too deaf for this relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 <laughs> nice. I can't, I obviously couldn't hear what they were saying anyway. And, like, and it means that it just really puts down that like, I don't even have to indulge in it. I'd be like, look, not going to happen. I think I remember saying to myself at one point, I would just deliberately, obviously mishear what they were saying. They would try and say, oh, yeah, get off, you, you idiot. And I'll be like, uh, sorry, 3.30, was it? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I can just, yeah, I've got that luxury, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great, man. Uh, that's a really good line as well. Like, I'm too deaf for this relationship. <laughs> Right, that definitely would work. I don't know if you tried it, but yeah. Yeah, no, that that, that's, that's the one I have said. And it, <clears throat> that, that annoyingly, it was the funniest thing in my set. So, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I have a similar thing if like someone heckles because I can't, yeah, I can't be like that harsh and then go go on to talk about like whatever I have planned, which is probably going to be, you know, <laughs> dumb. Uh, so I have to say things like, oh yeah, that's a great point, but I think you find I had the floor or like, oh, uh, I didn't see you pop your hand up there. So I'm going to have to ignore <laughs> that. That's great. It's interesting side of it. It was like, you're, you're kind of like, it, I like how you're sort of like the naivety and kind of thing, but also the kind of the sort of like pedantic sort of teacher type thing as well. It's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think there is like a slightly kind of neurotic side to my persona that kind of likes things to be, the way they should or you know like a yeah. kind of good boy following the rules i guess is a little bit of it but said in slightly a sarcastic way yeah i, I feel like that's like that's been coming out a little bit recently because i don't really get people heckle but i get people joining in right. um because especially if i start off by like obviously ad-libbing about something about the night i think they kind of feel like oh this is for us and we can there's a bit of back and forth and i i think i am getting better at that thing of going like yeah there is a bit of back and forth but like if you're disrupting the rhythm of it or i'm definitely in the middle of something i'm gonna ask you to stop um, <laughs> <laughs> um so we should probably move on to uh what you've brought to show me um so <laughs> some weird way of it um so uh yeah they're out of a list of uh what is it a bit that was in your set but is no longer mm. Uh, a note that hasn't been fully materialized or an old set list. Uh, so I feel like I should have like a theme tune for this bit. Like, what <laughs> from the bit? set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, I think like, um, I think going back to what I was saying about the jokes and stuff, um, writing in more joke format, I do, I, I t typically often go back too often to writing rule of three and i like and often like, it, and it's obviously it's my, i just find it easier to get to something quickly and I, it's, it's a habit i'm trying to work my way out but i, I try and make those jokes anyway so i kind of pu i've been pulling out rule of threes which aren't my favorite or something and one example of it was like you know um i work at a computer game company we're making relationship we're making relationship simulator games like dating simulator girlfriend simulator get your heart broken by a tattoo artist simulator kind of thing like and like and the reason i kind of took it out is because like um it was it's working it's worked fine um but it is it's that rule of three uh, and the other side of it is that i like because I work in computer games, um, it's a nice topic for me to explore, which I want to try and talk about more um, in the future, but I haven't found angles that I quite like yet. But it gets me into talking about computer games. But the problem is that my boss even said, are you going to stop telling people we're making simulator games? We don't do anything like that at all. And the stuff <laughs> we make is kind of like more fantasy-based stuff. So, and then to me go on to talk about that, I said, like, hell, are you making simulation? Like, what's reality here? And it's kind of breaking that flow a bit. And I want to be more genuine about what I'm, 
you know, actually, I don't, and I don't know how that joke comes across because it's like it's a lie, but it makes sense, and it's kind of half true. I am in computer games. I'm not making simulator games, and it's just a bit odd. So yeah, I I think there's like quite a few interesting things about that because uh, firstly, I was surprised that that was one that you took out because I remember seeing that and it always going well, but. I totally agree that if there's something that you know you do too much, like for me, it's always like, hey, you know about this weird thing? What? You don't know about this weird thing? Oh my God, I can't believe it. Right, I see, yeah. I lean on that all the time. It's like, oh, we get it. You're on. (laughs) (laughs) What's your, do you kind of like try and reapproach that kind of angle? Are you, what are you doing with that? Are you just trying to do less or are you trying to think of a different way of doing it? So I should do both of those. Okay. But, uh, quite often, if it works, I just go, nah, mm-hmm. I'm just um, No, I think one thing I'm trying to do more of is, um, yeah, if I'd notice that trend, try and think of a way around it. Because I always, I always think like, if you write a thing, it doesn't mean that's like its final form. <clears throat> it might just be that you've written it like that and then that gets you to actually like a more original angle or or something like that. So I, I always prefer to like edit a thing than just like throw it away or, or anything like that. Particularly if it works, if it's just a thing that it's stylistically, I know I'm doing it too much. Um, and I think another thing is like, I'm trying to put myself in the material more. Mm-hmm. So if I've got like a thing about just what, like a sort of abstract concept, I suppose, uh, I'll lie to the audience so that I can say oh this happened to me or like i was in this situation i've got a thing about being silently judged which i think is it's quite an old bit which i'm kind of bringing back but like how it's the best form of judgment because it's the same as not being judged like (laughs) definitely better than the alternative being judged loudly walk (laughs) down the street someone shouts out uh but instead of just going like god isn't it funny how you know when you're being silently judged i just say oh i was in this situation i was being silently judged People just looking at me like, come on, funny man, make us laugh. Come on, you funny, funny man. Hands down, hardest funeral speech I've ever had to give. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Which is like a pullback and reveal. But like you say, it gets you into the bit and then you just, you know, talk about the thing you want to talk about. Yeah, and I think we, yeah, um, I definitely agree with that thing about like, I try not to be uh, too like, I'm going to get rid of that completely. I want to come back to it. If, if I could try and solve the issues like I've got with this, like, I, I'm if I can maybe resolve afterwards saying how I'm not making relationships simulated games or whatever or I, and it's actually I am doing this instead that would be great maybe I can bring this back in but for the time being it's, as you say it's, like it's been put to the side for a you know temporary amount of time or whatever um but yeah and I I don't and I also a little bit how I feel about it I just want to get into a yeah how how I feel about the material for me is becoming more and more important because I know it's really it changes how I do it and, and just enjoy the process really. I feel like it's huge. It's that it's the difference between a joke working and failing, I think. Yeah. Like your mindset about it, like hundred percent feel that as well. But yeah, so I, I would say for that bit, my feeling would be because also you were saying about your boss saying that you don't do simulator games mm. anymore, that you could always just say, Oh, I used to work at this games company, we used to do simulators. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, and then maybe just take away the first two and just, you know, standard stuff, you know, yeah. uh, get your heart broken by an Australian tattoo artist. It's a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, little, little comments about it as well. That's good because then injecting that kind of feeling about how I feel about it and being more kind of flippant and like that conversational style. Yeah, that's nice. Well, yeah, and like how the delivery, it's like, yeah, and the way you're doing it, it's like you're, you're getting across the same idea of like it being the third one in a the list. Therefore, it's the funny one. Mm. Um, cool. So did you have uh, another 
yeah, uh, I, item that you'd like to Well, say. I guess like, yeah, I mean, one one's just a bit like the similar kind of thing about Battle of the Rule of Three, um, where I'm like, I, I used to say like, um, I, I meditate, you know, it calms my mind from distracting questions. Like, do I have good posture? Am I spending too much on sushi? Like, when did my life become this pretentious kind of thing? And I think like, I, I, did, I did stop doing that thing because again, like, um, I think it, it was, I was just, I was doing too much stating in this kind of rigid three version uh, way. And I think like, I, I was really I was watching um yesterday um my a set I did years ago I, I go oh wow how and realize how car kind of lacking the emotional intent I thought I was giving it and it's nice to see that okay there's definitely been some improvement here and, <laughs> and, and like and you can see that difference and change and like and where the direction you know will go moving forward from this point but um yeah and it made me think because sometimes I wasn't sure what emotion i was giving it i didn't know i didn't know my angle like what emotional angle i had from this like I, I, technically i can see what the the right turn is on on paper but it's hard for me to gauge like what do what am i trying to get from this am i am i angry about the fact my life's become pretentious am i just realizing it now or like all this sort of stuff and i think i think yeah and it, and, and, and but the main thing again it was more kind of like this sort of um yeah this this the way i was stating it felt like i couldn't get away from this structure of, of repeating three things like that and, and i think yeah. and, and but um, the other thing the other one i was going to mention as well was that that hearing aid bit i did where i uh i would say like hearing aids have their benefits like i can uh, get out of boring conversations and i would just say like oh, my hearing aid battery just stopped i need to go and like it weirdly it would just be kind of like it would either go really well or i'd get nothing and i think you rightfully said that it could just be the commitment to the bit and like and but again I again wasn't sure kind of what I thought the emotion was behind that am I like it could be that I think originally it was meant to be that I was um the, the right term was that I wasn't smoothly getting out of the situation I was just shouting or maybe I, I, and I wasn't sure how I was coming across and yeah all these questions really just made a bit kind of that un, unclarity made me like it less I think yeah it's it's a weird thing isn't it like like you know when you go to a gig and you're like oh whatever material i do here is not going to be well received what do i want to not feel bad about <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but it, it surprises me with that bit because i've seen it a few times and it's always gone down well and you'd assume that well i, I guess as well like the idea of doing the same material in different rooms in different nights and getting the same response obviously is insane mm. but yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> we all hope for it but yeah. like it, I guess there's always going to be like a slight little thing that's different each time. Um, and But yeah, I, I've always really liked that. And I think the way you do it, it's a little bit partridge as well, like the voice <laughs> that you do. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm worried about everybody that I'm a big fan about the partridge, Steve Coogan. So uh, yeah, I'm worried I'm speaking in his voice a little bit, but yeah. yeah. I, I, like I wouldn't say it's like copied or okay, anything. It's just, yeah. it has that ring of like, you know, like I remember there was an episode of that because the jokes in that I think often would be the opposite of like, it's always a thing that you would just never say. Mm. Uh, so I think the character is like at a party talking to somebody and just, <clears throat> just goes, would it be terribly rude if I stopped talking to you? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, can you be brave and let me finish my conversation? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, are you right? And maybe it's that kind of unfilteredness about it. I guess I didn't know though, whether like, um, you know, the, the, obviously like with Alan Partridge, like the, the ongoing joke is that he, he isn't aware of how inappropriate his in unfiltered comments are. You know what I mean? Or maybe he's semi-aware, right? But not not much. But and I didn't know, and maybe this is why I should just explore. Like, what 
am I aware that if I'm telling the audience that this is the, the joke is that I'm doing this, is it because I know it or don't know it? Do you know what I mean? And like, maybe I should just take a, a line about, I should, you know, just make an assumption about a, a call on which side I'm going to deliver this. And because after I've done the joke, I think the problem was I go, my hero batch has stopped. I need to go. And I'd be like, what's my, what's my reaction now? I might be like, like it worked or like it didn't work. Or I think I, I tried to be like, you know, like smooth. Wasn't that a good, wasn't that a smooth transition? Like ironically, but yeah, I, it just, it was, and I think maybe that threw me off because when it didn't go well, it would just be such a stop to the set. I thought, oh, it's not worth yeah. it. I, I mean, and that happens like, I, I don't want to say all the time, but like sometimes people just don't find a joke funny. Yeah. Like, and my stock response is always good. And then it's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. such a like nervous thing, but it, it sort of gets a laugh. And then you just go into like the next bit and double down to be like, no, no, I am funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think with that bit as well, it's like, yeah, like you say, de kind of deciding on your angle, because I feel like that's a really funny line and it's worked before as the punchline so you can assume that you can do that joke and that's the punchline but then maybe having a topper so that in those occasions where it doesn't land yeah you've got a thing at the end that's like switching it round again like a backup like, even thing. if you... yeah that's a good idea or, or in that in those kind of cases there you know it's going to not go well and you have a prepared thing yeah that's a nice idea well, yeah, even if it's like, like you say, you're kind of flipping it back. It's like, I've got to go. My hearing aids have stopped. Uh, my hearing aids have stopped. I've got to go. Also, I don't want to talk to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, maybe but worth a callback. Maybe I can end my set like that as well. And like, uh, that could be oh, perfect. Maybe, yeah. But that's a, I think it's a good point about like, it's one of the things where I feel like it's, it's probably some of the examples where I've gone, okay, I'm not enjoying it because it's too much of a risk. I'm going to stop doing it. But now I feel more confident about just, you know and i had some time away now that we've separated a little bit i can see it again, <laughs> you know what i mean i think i, th I yeah. can maybe find the love again yeah i i love that idea as well of ending your set on a callback about it because it's like you're saying to the audience i don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good yeah that's nice i might try that that's good yeah. uh well pat thanks so much for uh taking part yeah thanks so much no it's been great talking to you yeah it's been really cool i i can't finish it without sounding like a scout leader um <laughs> uh cool so did you uh have anything that you would like to plug uh, uh this will probably go out in uh sort of late september uh not not yet no i'm just doing a lot of writing at the moment and uh gonna be sort of like getting back much more to gigging probably probably around that time as well so uh yeah so we'll see nice amazing cool well uh hopefully i'll see you in brighton uh we can do some gigs together yeah, um so yeah pat thanks uh, what was your pat uh tim jimin or <laughs> that was it thanks very much for your time the end thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> that is the end 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 that is the end, we've all had fun I'd like to thank you for listening along Share this app with your nearest and dear I'd like to thank my guest, insert name here We'll be back with another one soon In the meantime, leave us a review Only if it is five stars or above I think you'll agree, five isn't enough Like and subscribe, that would be the best See you again on the Joy of Sets